0: Coaches. Welcome back to the Coaches Rising podcast. It's all about how to become a more impactful and effective coach. I'm Joel Monk and this is podcast number nine with Carol Griggs today and we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics. We're going to be speaking about consciousness and coaching. Carol advocates that as coaches we can coach from what she calls the ground of being which is this spacious presence at the heart of who we are and really not many coaching schools mention this place so you may be wondering well what's the what's the point but i think many beautiful qualities start to infuse our coaching the more we're able to open to it you know those moments when we're feeling effortless Uh, You know, there's an ease and we're deeply present and attuned with our clients. Those moments happen more often the more we access this place. So what are we going to explore today? Well, we'll we'll explore what is consciousness? How can we develop it? How does it impact the coaching? Carol will share with us her I-conscious model for human development, which is really these five domains of our, our awakening that we can work out where we are on this model and then do specific practices for where we're at, which accelerates our development. So Carol is she's an author. She's the author of Space to See Reality. She's a PhD in professional coaching, an executive coach, and the co-creator of this I Conscious model that I just spoke about. And if you're inspired by this podcast, I'd love to just get the word out to as many coaches as possible. So you can head to coachesrising.com forward slash podcasts and on each individual page of the the speakers you'll find on the right hand side there's a kind of share bar. You can just click on that and, and share it to social media or you could just simply tell other coaches about the podcast. I just want to get as many people benefiting from it as possible. So we're going to begin now and Carol's going to start by telling us what is the ground of being and what is it like when we coach from that place. Before we get into today's podcast, I have an invitation for you. We're about to kick off the ninth edition of our longest-running program, The Power of Embodied Transformation. This is a program I'm really proud about because it shows you how to tap into the intelligence of change itself. One of the most profound discoveries of neuroscience is that intelligence isn't just in the domain of the mind. In fact, so much of the deep wisdom we need in order to evoke transformation, actually lives in the body. And yet, so many of the people you'll encounter in your coaching have actually been trained away from accessing the wisdom of the body. So this program will reconnect you to this embodied intelligence so you can create deep, lasting change with your clients. We're honored to have a truly world-class faculty for this program. You'll learn from the founder of Somatic Coaching, Richard Strozzi Heckler, Alongside contemporary coaches who've integrated this powerful approach with new discoveries in neuroscience, trauma work and leadership development. It's going to be an amazing transformational journey, so I hope you'll come and join us. You can head to coachesrising.com forward slash power of embodied transformation to buck your spot. The first class is on the 6th of June with Richard and if you sign up by May the 22nd, you can get the early bird discount. So, just head to coachesrising.com forward slash power of embodied transformation to book your spot. How's it going?
1: Good, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm very good. Yeah, I'm excited to dive in today. I think we're, we're kindred spirits around mm-hmm. um, this topic that I want to explore with you today, which is it's kind of like this intersection between uh, spirituality and, and coaching. Um, I read your book recently, uh, Space to See Reality. and uh, really enjoyed that, so I'd, I'd love to kind of dive in today. I know you're doing a lot of executive coaching and other cool things, and we can explore we can explore this today and see where it takes us.
2: Great, I look forward to it. It's one of my favorite topics: is uh, um, how the coach shows up, how they identify themselves, what's going on in their internal world, and um, and uh, what happens with the space between um, them and the client.
0: Mm. I want to start by asking you about your, your model, you know, this space to see reality model. I know it's kind of uh, starts from a very different premise than, than maybe a lot of other coaching models or, or kind of philosophies. So maybe you could just give us a kind of overview of like what you're advocating for, what this model mm. is. It's
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. a big question.
3: Thank you yeah. for
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> um. In my book, I use the terms "ground of being." Um, that is not the most common term in uh, executive coaching. It's not the kind of terminology I typically use with my clients. Um, but there's a spaciousness and an empty, open, spaciousness um, that I like to. T- I can I can talk about that. That feels a little more tangible, um, and it's it's a clearing. It's an opening. It's a it's um, It's a space where uh, thinking is kind of parted or thoughts can be seen, but there's no attachment to that exclusively. Um, So there's a meeting that's very um, connected and and connected is even not even the right word because connected insinuates that there's two, there's something that connects to something else. When in reality it's, it's, it's you and I connecting as this one seamless uh, being and meeting from that ground of being coaching from that ground of being, Um, is is in my experience um, where all the transformative possibilities really start to arise Mm
3: -hmm. it's
2: kind of like I what I say it's where the magic happens because it has nothing to do with me really Um, so um, I mean obviously I have skill sets and background and experience and tools and things like that that I utilize um, but it's it's uh, it's very organic it's very just whatever is needed in the moment that's what arises and comes out um, as I'm working with people
0: before I ask you about the quality of that space, you know, you're mentioning some of the qualities um, of it and like what happens when you coach from there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'd love to kind of like um, juxtapose that from, to, you know, with uh, a lot of coaching literature and the way people experience themselves, you mm-hmm. know, which, um, you know, they may not be aware of this term ground of being or spaciousness or experiencing themselves in that way. And I wonder if you could maybe talk about like what, what how, did, how is it different? Like, what's this other side like with a yeah. lot of coaching literature is uh, pointing towards? If that makes sense.
2: Yeah. So what I hear you saying is that what's kind of what's the difference between the coaching from the ground of being per se and then traditional coaching? Would that be? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: So one of, um, I think one of the biggest differences is, is how the coach identifies himself. Who I, who I know myself to be. Who am I? And it sounds like maybe some cliche term or, you know, um, but really that's what it boils down to is who am I and who do I know myself to be? Am I this confined being that's stuck inside of the skin and I'm a personality and I'm I'm Carol and I'm this and I'm that and I, I all these identifications. So am I coaching through the filters of all these identifications and belief structures, um, which is what most coaches are doing and they often have an agenda and, sometimes an agenda is really good and sometimes an agenda can really get in the way of what needs to happen within that coaching, um, Mm. scenario. Um, so when one is coaching from the ground of being, um, there is, there's a fluidity and a connection and a flow that can start to take place and what needs to arise can, can arise without me trying to control it. Um, a traditional coaching, there's often goals and things like that. And not that you can't have goals from coaching from the ground to being, but it's the primary difference is the premise in which, um, in how I see myself and how I see you, if you were the client and how I see the world. Um, and coaching from that premise is, is, um, has a little less stickiness to it. It has a little less um, egoic, um, um, Connection or, or or stickiness really is what it is, um, mm. and so the less the less identification with egoic movements, um, the more spaciousness there is, and the more, tr- in my experience, the more transformative possibilities there are with the client.
0: Mm. I, w- I wonder if you could. I didn't. We didn't talk about this before we started recording, but I, I wonder if you could maybe point us towards that in our experience right now. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Um, in some in some way, like whatever way you feel appropriate, I know um, you know we can do a lot of spiritual practice to kind of get in touch with it. Mm-hmm. But might give people also who are the coaches listening who maybe are less familiar with it a kind of just a little bit of a sense of it.
2: Sure. So a couple of things come up for me at that request, and I'm happy to do that. Um, is um, my colleague Ted Strauss and I actually on a separate um, side note, we have created a model called the i Conscious human development model. And in that model, it talks about um, just different stages of development that people are in. And within those stages of development, there are certain practices that tend to be appropriate for different stages of development. So I put the clause out there that I hesitate slightly to put out a very blanket uh, practice that like this one will work for you, whatever that means to help drop people into their own being. Um, But I can take one, I can take you through like a three minute or two minute guided meditation if that's what you're interested in.
0: Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. I'd love okay. To.
2: okay. All right. So go ahead and just get comfortable in your chair and close your eyes
1: and feel your feet on the floor. And just rest your hands on top of your thighs.
3: And just relax.
1: And begin to feel your feet touching the floor. The floor touching your feet. And feel your hands touching your legs.
3: And your legs touching your hands.
1: See if you can feel your feet touching the floor and your hands touching your legs at the same time. Connecting the top from the bottom. Expanding awareness to feel in multiple locations. And just feel free to pause at any moment. If there's a point at which you don't follow me, that's totally okay. And just stay with the previous
3: pointing that I'm pointing to. See if you can feel
1: the spaciousness just below the surface of your skin throughout your body. And see if you can feel, feel the space just outside of your body, like an inch above
3: your skin. See if you can feel that space.
1: Now see if you can feel the space about five feet All the way around your body, expanding your capacity for awareness outside
3: of your skin. And we can take this as far out
1: as you're ready for. You can take this to outside of your home or wherever you're sitting. Feel the
3: spaciousness well beyond where you can see And then bringing attention back to
1: that space just outside your skin and see how that feels. What's it like to feel the space, To be aware of the space, that alive space outside of your skin. You're not confined to the inside of your skin.
3: And now bring your attention to the inside. Feeling the insides from
1: head to toe. Again, feeling your hands, touch your thighs, your thighs, touch your hands.
3: And feeling your feet on the ground. Your feet touching the ground and the ground touching your feet. And open your eyes when you're ready. Thank
0: you very much
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we didn't plan that so I appreciate your willingness to, to play
1: Of course of course
0: <laughs> mm. I think it's it's a beautiful way to give everybody listening um, you know like a, te- a taste of this space mm. that you're talking about and that you kind of advocating, coaching from rather than it just being a, you know, an abstract concept for some people. So,
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I want to mention, you know,
2: um, this is a lot on spaciousness and the um, becoming familiar with, uh, with that element. There's also the element of kind of, which is kind of a different facet of the diamond, if you will, is the heart. You know, what is it yeah. like to coach from an open heart versus a closed heart? And am I aware of when my heart is open versus closed? Yeah. Um, and what happens with that relationship with the client when the heart is open versus closed? That is another huge element uh, to become aware of and in how we relate um, to each other and the transformative possibilities when that heart is wide open. It creates a safety in that connection, um, yeah. where they where the client can explore the tough stuff, can explore the difficult things, can explore that which they, would not go to on their own, um, mm. that stuff is allowed to bubble up when there's a spaciousness and an open heart of safety um, mm. it's amazing what can happen
0: so they can sort of feel an unconditional acceptance in some way from the coach
2: absolutely that's that there's a that everything is okay, nothing is a problem, you know nothing is weird, nothing is out of the box, nothing is too much, nothing is. Um, to be shamed about, you know, I mean, it's, it literally opens Pandora's box that anything can come up, that needs to come up in a way that might not have had that, um, that all-loving that all environment for it to come up, to be transformed and welcomed into the space. Most mm-hmm. people push stuff down because they can't, they can't process it all. They can't feel it all. We have mm-hmm. to feel everything in order for things to process fully through and then to kind of be released of it. Um, and release of it, I mean, is actually, it's okay for it to be here. I mean, it's all a part of the whole, but when we cut off certain parts, we feel that cut off, um, sensation, which is life telling us you're, you're cutting, you're dividing, um, in ways that life is not divided. Um, life is unified. And so when we're cutting and dividing, we feel it in our body. It's like, it's contracting, um, so to provide an open environment where um, love can really hold all of it um, is actually where things can come up to be fully um, seen and loved and, and healed and brought back into the whole. It's, I mean, it's already here, but our, our capacity to acknowledge and accept it and um, be with it.
0: I kind of get the sense that if the coach can sit in this place of spaciousness and acceptance and presence and open heartedness that they can invite their client into that and, This is where they're kind of um, all the ways in which they contract or um, uh, pull away from this life coming through them and being expressed is then, um, you know, they they can uh, metabolize that in some way, you know, that it, that it's, that they begin to open up, become more expressed and um, can then, you know, be of service or have the kind of impact maybe they want to have in the world, but um, from a kind of unstrategic, non-strategic place.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's just it's just a mirroring effect. Um, they can see their infinite nature when when the coach shows up as this infinite nature. Um, the person, it's just reflected. It's the same. It's it's no different in me than it is in them, or no different than you than in somebody else. It's so it's just a reflection. So it's offering a space um, to have that experience and reflected back to them and. And what often happens are the, the stuck dualities that their belief structures are holding on or their system is holding on to tend to come up um, to be to be held and seen as, as rather than a, um, like a problem or a duality um, as part of the whole and then it no longer holds them back you know these if um, if i 'm um, afraid, um, afraid of abandonment say if i 'm afraid of abandonment. Um, then if I'm, if I'm holding that belief of fear, I will do, I will rearrange my life to not feel that. And I see this in every being on this planet. I, it, CEOs doesn't matter. They're all, we're all doing it as human beings is whatever. I don't want to feel and whatever is not welcomed. I will rearrange who I talk to, what I do, what I'm drawn to do to avoid feeling that feeling. I mean, we, it's, it's amazing what humans do to avoid Feeling something, um, we think it's going to destroy us, or it's going to swallow us up, or or whatever that is. But um, for instance, to help an executive to really see where these nuances are are sticking them and prickling them and keeping them from moving forward in a very powerful way um, is. It, I find to be one of the most essential elements for a CEO to live their deepest potential and to lead in a way that is most open and capable to have difficult conversations and go into difficult um, scenarios and really just have a spaciousness where anything can be there. And um, strategic thinking can still be there. Um, Their capacity for um, uh, um, their emotional capacity is very high when they can feel everything that they need to feel in order to be in a room where you know, high emotions are coming up or whatnot. So the the cleaner the coach is, the cleaner um, the CEO is, the the more that can come in, the more that can just be here, the more they'll be able to see, and the more they'll be able to uh, be aware of that's actually already here because there aren't there isn't a blocking system going on mm. unconsciously.
0: Yeah, it's like all the all the kind of energy that it takes to defend or to to cut parts off is is liberated you know like and and, yeah
2: yes and you can see it in their face you know when (laughs) when I mean you can initially see the fear or the discomfort and they'll often tell you like I hate this or like this is uncomfortable but it's going through it and on the other side is is freedom is liberation is because they're reclaiming the other half of themselves that they've cut off so mm-hmm. as excruciating as it can be to kind of dive into some of these, like I'm not good enough or something's wrong with me or something's missing or a fear of failure. A lot of CEOs, it's a huge one, fear of failure. Um, the, but you dive right into it. Um, and on the other side of that is liberation and a fearlessness that is unbelievable. But until mm-hmm. the client welcomes both sides of the paradox, like I'm a failure I'm not a failure like until we can hold both of those in the field there will be that pushing away and pulling closer and avoiding and and um, manipulating my behavior so that I don't have to feel one of the sides of the polarity
0: Mm. let's 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 unpack that a little bit more because I want to make sure people get a sense of what you mean there like this polarity I'm a failure I'm not a failure
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, are you saying that this is like often how our kind of you know maybe our in other words, use the term ego, because I think mm. there's a healthy side of ego, but mm-hmm. this more contracted fear-based side mm-hmm. operates, you know, in mm-hmm. this dual, dual way. Could you unpack that a little bit more?
2: Yeah, so um, the more, first of all, I, I want to say the more in tune one is with this within themselves, they will start to spot this in their clients. So it's very difficult to help guide your client through anything that you've not gone through yourself to some degree, um, or at least have a a real visceral uh, sense for it, at least. Um, And the other thing is, you know, the, the feelings that I've, the feelings I'm avoiding in myself, I will avoid going into with my client. I see that a lot with coaches. So if I have not dealt with my fear of failure or my fear of not good enough or whatever the belief structure is, it will be extremely difficult for me to have the desire or capacity to dive into that with you and and to hold that with you as you explore um, failure. I mean, it will, it's um, so the, the, the more you've dealt with on, on the, your own side as a coach, the more you'll be able to deal with anything that, that arises at the client in a way that um, allows for their process to be clean and open and um, mm. love without contraction from the coach. You know, the, the coach's system is contracting it. It, um, it it shifts, it shifts the capacities in the, in the space for the client. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. I don't even know if I answered your question. What was your question? Yeah.
0: Um, um well, I was asking you about, um, you know, this duality you spoke right. of, of like being a, fa- a fear of being a failure, oh, yeah. um, you know, being success or whatever, how that shows up. And, yeah. um, I think, I think, I think you partially answered it. Um, I just wanted to make sure that, um, the people listening got a sense of what, how that might be. Got it. What got What it. I, what I, um, what I love about what you're saying is that um, you know because we t- you, you, we started off talking about this spaciousness that actually maybe we're not who we usually think we are you know mm-hmm. that maybe we're not this kind of collection of thoughts and s- sort of sensations inside our head or whatever mm-hmm. there was something much bigger than that right um, and and what I like about what you're saying is also it's like it's about being with what is here too you mm-hmm.
3: know
0: like it's not not about pushing something away or denying it, or, or like you mentioned the term in your book, like I love Robert Masters work too, like spiritual bypassing, how, Mm -hmm. you know, that's another danger if we, uh, we get hold of these ideas and we want to just push stuff away. So I love how you're talking about, it's about welcoming feeling and sensation and all these parts of us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I want to say too, I love how you're talking about just the spaciousness. It is the ground of being. It's the ground where all of this can arise. And so the, um, the clearer the coach is, is seeing themselves as this vastness, then there is so much room for anything to come and go. If I identify exclusively as this, this body, this like, this just physical being then I, then emotions come up and they just can take me over. You know, they just like a fear comes up and it's like I, my body just crumbles and I just like, I can't, I can't move. I can't do a whole lot. But when there's a, there's a spaciousness and identification with and as, then these thoughts and feelings and emotions and sensations can come and they can be difficult and uncomfortable, but they don't, there, there's a, um, you have access to something larger that can hold all of that. Um, so once somebody has had an awakening to consciousness in this way that we're speaking of, then the capacity to handle the deep uh, polarities is, is much higher. So for most people, the, the deepest kind of core polarities are typically something's wrong with me or something's missing. There's usually something around that. Um, That's usually like the the root of of all the other beliefs that like, you know, grow off of that, um, grow off of those, those, that tree. Um, So my capacity to hold polarity will determine basically how much I can help you explore what you're cutting off and pushing away. And the cutting off and pushing away is, is really the discomfort. And it's really the limitations because I'm cutting off and it's, uh, I'm, I am mentally and, and perhaps even viscerally blocking and cutting out, which is always uncomfortable because you're blocking and cutting out part of one, what's already here. And two, it's a part of you. So it's uncomfortable because you're saying no. And when we say no to life and say no to part of who I am, it, it, the body will tell you like, that's, that's not true. And it's, it's just, it's uncomfortable. Um, So we get these kind of notifications from from our physical system, letting us know when we've cut off parts of ourselves. And so as a coach, part of my work is helping people welcome home all of themselves. They can feel this liberation that they are. Um, and feel the capacity for any thought, feeling, emotion, sensation to come and go. And it doesn't knock you over. The only reason it knocks you over or it it alters your behavior is because in that moment you've exclusively identified as it. So as a thought comes up around, say, um, failure, I'm a failure, if that thought comes up and just completely takes over your, your capacity to see anything but that, your whole system will follow. I mean, it it becomes, you become identified as that. But can we back up and have a little more spaciousness and can the feeling or the thought come up of failure while I'm also aware of something else? That way it doesn't take us. We're aware of it, but we're not exclusively identified as it to where it just, it it owns us.
0: Yeah, beautiful. So presumably, you know, you said like we're not identified with it. We can feel it come up and it arises. What happens as people are able to do that more, you know, like to, to that, to that thoughts or that feeling.
2: Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, have you, uh, so I'll flip it around and ask you a question. Have you ever um, had a feeling or sensation come up where you just felt like you were swallowed up by it and you couldn't get out of it and whether it was doubt or insecurity or, or something like that. Has that ever come up?
0: For you? <laughs> no, never, never, <laughs> never. Uh, um, of course yeah yeah for
2: sure. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> so starting from there, we've all experienced being swallowed up. We've all experienced this like just taken over by fear and nothing, you know, that we we truly believe that that we have something to be afraid of and and to only be afraid completely of that whatever that is. Um and so the second question is have you ever then had that same sensation arise? In a way, though, that this time that there's a little, it's almost like somebody is watching from the back, like you're watching from the back of your head as this arises. And there's a little more spaciousness between the observer and the sensation or the thought or the image. People tend to have physical sensations that arise or they have words that come across, you know, like I'm not good enough. Like it actually comes in words or they come in images. So there are different ways that people experience um, these what I call thought forms, um, and so I'm curious. Like, have you ever then that same um, like pick one? Not good enough,
0: or um, what would yeah, like? like I'm I'm not um, I don't deserve to be here. Like that's, oh, good one one. That that's a good one. That's a good one. yeah, yeah. I'm not. One, huh? I'm, yeah, it, I'm, it not en- I'm not enough. Like I'm not
2: enough. With... That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really popular yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not enough, and so. Ha- so you've probably felt that in your body and kind of just what was your experience? What, when you actually, when that, that comes through you?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, like then, uh, there's a contraction, a hesitation. I feel like, uh, you know, apologetic or something. It's like, Oh, can I be here? You know, like, sorry to bother you. You know, there's hesitation, doubt.
2: Yeah. So it, it kind of, it, it kind of permeates your whole system and then you're, your thoughts, your words, your feelings, your everything, your behaviors start to change Mm -hmm. prior to that thought. You were just fine. You weren't, you weren't adjusting and manipulating and, and um, changing the way you were showing up. Um, So have you ever then had that same, I'm not enough arise in a way where there's space and you see it, but you don't feel the body um, altering necessarily its behavior immediately.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, so that's what I'm speaking of is, is once we start to get some space from it and we're no longer exclusively identified as it, because I consciousness, I can see, I can see it. And therefore now I can make the choice. I can choose to dive into it and live it out, or I can feel it, allow it to be here and, and work with it. Um, And so until we, almost disidentify with it to where we can observe it with spaciousness, then we don't really have choice. Um, so as soon as this comes up, now we can see it and, um, be with it and allow it to be here and we can, we can play with the truth of it and and that sort of thing. Um, and that's Mm. where the transform that's where transformation really happens is when we, um, can, there's a little more spaciousness with it and we can kind of work with it.
0: I'm super curious if you could say something about, um, you know, like this, the liberation of potential that can happen. You know, I get that if we, uh, you know, we start to see that we're not just our thinking and we, you know, we begin to be, to be able to orient from this ground of being and there's a spaciousness and thoughts or sensations arise and we don't get hooked by them and they liberate. And I, I, I wonder if there's still a sense of um, personalness or maybe even like um, a calling or a purpose that, mm-hmm. May exist, you know. Is it that we just become like bland, kind of like you know nothingness? (laughs) Like, like when I first started reading Krishnamurti, and I just got depressed because I was like, I'm just gonna. (laughs)
3: There's
0: nothing to. There's nothing to do. There's nothing.
2: to See, I'm nobody. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. It's a stage. I think some a lot of people go through when they've had some sort of an awakening. Is what we're we're talking about a consciousness awakening to itself as itself. Um, you know. It's, it couldn't be further from the truth. In my experience, my personal experience in working with a ton of people, the actually the, the more one wakes up in, in their whole system, their whole being, wakes up, consciousness wakes up, the mind wakes up, the heart wakes up, and they each have their own kind of distinct awakening. Um, the more in touch you are with who you are as your unique creature, your unique being, your unique um, way of, of giving on this planet and being on this planet, the cleaner it is actually. And the more alive it is, the more vivid it is. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't have to mute. It can actually come alive even more. Um, my colleague, Ted Strauss might talk about this a lot with our eye conscious model. Um, we have five domains on our model because one one thing we're noticing is a lot of people are just focusing on a consciousness awakening, awakening to this ground of being, mm-hmm. um, and then some people's hearts are shut off, or their the body's not awakened, or um, so there's they're kind of partial parts that are open and others that aren't, and um, and uniqueness was one of those. You know how how much are people really living their full unique? Um, capacities um, it's full potential living your full potential um, in my experience is how awake is the system how, how awake is the system from head to toe um, which then liberates actually the system to to move cleaner and freer and smoother and in more flow in one's unique purpose on this planet a unique way of of inhabiting life and interacting with life um, so in our model we have five domains it's consciousness uniqueness um, emotions, mind, and body, and we find that all five of these are extremely important for people to really become aware of in themselves, and particularly as a coach, you know how embodied am I or or how free am I of the of the thinking mind if 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 i 'm not that free of the thinking mind and thoughts are fluttering. Th- how deeply present can I even really be with you if I'm entertaining thoughts as they're passing through consciousness or if I'm entertaining all these emotions that are coming up and identifying with them I'm now more stuck in my own subjective experience and I'm not not even relating with you I'm not even connected to you because I'm dealing with my own subjective stuff um so the 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 more a coach is free in their own system from head to toe the more they can just be a a radiant open system to reflect back your radiant open system to help facilitate any kind of whatever that needs to come up for you that I can be more more fully available. Um, So uniqueness um, is one of my actually favorite elements of it because once consciousness has kind of had an awakening, uniqueness really flourishes in a way that's just a different quality than prior to the system opening. Um, It doesn't mean that prior to some sort of awakening, you can't live your purpose or you don't know your uniqueness. or You don't know what, you know, what your gifts are, your talents. It's not that at all, but there's a different quality to it. um, Once somebody has, has expanded their sense of identification.
0: I wonder what that different quality is. I get that it's in some way freed up from maybe the, a lot of the um, limited ways that we've been, Mm-hmm. caught inside of ourselves and these divisions right. that you spoke of earlier and the fears and the polarities, it's certainly all of that's If that's all let go of a lot more, then there's a different quality to this uniqueness.
2: Absolutely. And I, I know myself as this infinite nature. I know myself as, um, as, as not confined. Um, so what, how would my purpose be expressed in the world if I didn't see myself as a separate entity from me, from you, from me to the world and what would happen with my unique purpose if I didn't think I needed to fix the world, if, there were, if everything was a problem, that was something was wrong with it? I mean, most people tend to give in the world from a place of lack. They tend to give to the world from a place of there's something wrong with it. I need to fix it. Oof. We are, We are perpetuating duality, even in our... Even in our sweet efforts to give, we're giving from a place of there's something wrong with you. I need to help you. Um, and as a coach, it's something to be extremely alert to is, is, how am I showing up for this person? Do I think I need to help them? Do I think I need to fix them? Do I think I need to, there's something wrong with them and I can just get in there and, and heal them? Um, we're then approaching them from a place of there's something wrong with you. So now we're perpetuating this belief of there's something wrong with you. And that becomes our premise of coaching. And that's not, not necessarily the best premise um, versus kind of from this awakened ground of being, I can now sit with you in wholeness and know damn well that there is nothing wrong with you on one level. And I'm going to sit here with you while, while we um, kind of slice through some of the belief structures that are inhibiting you from experiencing your own wholeness your own connection to yourself, your own connection to others in life. Um, so that's one of the biggest differences actually in how coaching can look from traditional coaching to perhaps from an awakened sense. Is I'm coaching from wholeness. I'm not coaching from um, duality or broken or needing to fix or there's something wrong with you. Um, so that's probably one of the biggest pieces that come up in that
0: um, realm. I think it's worth just, you know unpacking this a bit further because I think it's so important what you're saying you know that because I've noticed that in my coaching too the difference between when I come from an agenda you know either my agenda to be a good coach or to to get the client somewhere to for them to be a success or me to be a success or um, you know just just that that can basically cover create sort of corral consciousness you know it creates a sense of lack like you say
3: Mm
0: -hmm. um. Uh, we, we, we're forced into going in a certain direction and then it suddenly starts to filter all the the novelty and the the potentiality that exists in this moment right now, you know, if we dare to kind of dance between the known and the unknown and not to fix things and allow, a, allow consciousness to reveal itself, you know, in our relationship, um, they're just two very different stances, I think, and um, I think, you know, when you said you started by saying that's where the magic can happen, I think that's a beautiful phrase for the difference between those two. But if you dare to let go of knowing what the answer is or where you're going to go, then really remarkable, extraordinary things can happen.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not like I just show up and just sit there, you know. I mean, there are, I also want to mention that, you know, there are coaching skill sets and techniques that are useful um, that come into play naturally. Once that, that skill set has been kind of, um, obtained and practiced in the ground of being these spontaneously come out. I mean, there are times, I mean, I know a lot of coaches like, you know, are taught, like, for example, um, like never give advice, you know, you should never give advice. You should always just ask questions and inquire and pull solicit it out of the client. Um, to me, it's a yes. And, You know, yes, there's a time to ask questions and yes, there's a time actually where it's like, you know, I consider this (laughs) and that just often comes up. Um, When I go in with an agenda, I, uh, I can feel it in my body after a while because it's uncomfortable Um, and oftentimes the client will start to push back or the, you know, you can energetically, I'm, I'm obviously much more sensitive now to the responses the client is giving me when I I might have a subtle energy that I might not be as aware of. Um, And it could be even to, I want you to feel okay. Um, And I have to learn to drop that. I need to be okay with them not feeling okay. I need to be okay with them hating this session. I need to be okay with them hating me possibly in the session. I need to be okay with them not having a transformative experience and wanting me to come back. I need to be okay with the agenda of any of those is just fine. Um, so yeah, I think checking one's agenda, checking one's, um, deeper levels of what I want, what do I want in, as a coach, do I need them to make me feel like I'm an amazing coach? Do I need them to, do I need money? You know, am I dependent on this person to have income? That's a big one for a lot of people. Um, being liked is a big one, feeling successful, making sure the client, um, is, uh, reaches their goal. If you don't reach your goal, then I feel like a failure. So you have to reach your goal. So now my agenda is to really shove you along the way to make sure that you reach your goal so that I feel that I don't have to feel like a failure. Um, so there's all these little subtle ways that these things come up, but what would it be like to literally not have an agenda? Now I can prepare, I prepare for my clients. I work with some execs and top execs and, um, I, I certainly do my homework to, to well prepare myself. And when I sit down, I, I let it all go. And if, if that preparation needs to come in, it always does. It will come in. Um, but if it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, so when I sit down with them, I just am open. And my first question is typically, you know, what's up for you. And then we work right from there is what is up for you right now. What is up in this present moment for you? Um, that needs to first be welcomed in the room. And sometimes that's the doorway then to to dive into something else. But my coaching sessions have gone all over the board in ways and places that I never would have imagined. Um, So the more open one can be to um, letting that session go where it needs to go and you are not in control. That's another big one for a coach is you have to let go of control in order to allow yourself to, live and move and breathe from this ground of being and not need to come in and contract in order to, um, uh, kind of, um, cattle this, you know, hurt it in Mm. a way. Mm. Um, can I be okay with messiness? How comfortable am I in with it with my own messiness often is a reflection of how, how much messiness I will allow to arise in you. And that's obviously where a lot of the magic is, is, me giving you the total freedom to just show up, however you are, whatever's here for you. Pff, totally fine with me. Not only totally fine, but like, I'm not surprised. I've seen it all. You know, when a client feels that then they relax because then they can relax. They don't know what's going to come up sometimes, but if they're afraid that you can't hold a piece of them, then they they will often keep that down consciously or unconsciously. So how vast of a field can you offer to where anything can arise and you're not shocked one bit. You're like, wow, there's that. Cool. Let's be with that. That relaxes their system in a way that, because then they don't have to guard themselves. And, you know, like they, like they do with themselves on their own, they guard themselves. I want to, you know, keep this feeling in a black box down below and it's not allowed to come out. But when there's a relaxed field of openness where everything is okay and everything is allowed to arise and nothing is a problem. Oof, that's where. that's where, magic happens Mm. and i'm not seeing you separate from me i'm not i'm not feeling you separate from me i'm not pushing you away i'm not um i'm seeing you perfect and whole and complete and not needing anything not nothing's wrong with you you don't nothing needs to be fixed with you so i'm coming from there while also seeing the human i'm seeing i'm seeing the hurt i'm seeing the pain i'm seeing. i'm seeing where you're where you might be stuck. I'm seeing, I'm seeing the duality in your, in your system. I'm, I'm seeing both. So I'm not, I'm not just seeing the broken, if you will. And I'm not just seeing this vast, nothing's wrong with you. You're totally fine. I don't know why you're here with me. I'm, I'm holding it all. Um, and, and that is meeting somebody there, um, and, and holding all of them. It's holding their form and holding their formlessness,
0: if you will. Well, maybe that's where, maybe that's where the real magic is though, you know, maybe like that, Absolutely. you know, the form and the formlessness that they're, the, that they're the, this the human being, you know, with their, all their kind of baggage and conditioning and, and idiosyncrasies and they're this vast open space of potential.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And if I were to, um, do a second version of my book, um, it would be moving into that it would be, I primarily, it was a dissertation for my PhD in professional coaching and human development. And so a lot of the book came from that. And so I was, I was honed in on the ground of being as the premise. But if I were to expand that book now, it would include the eye conscious model basically. um, And, and how to hold people from all of these levels and, and into all stages of development, which is not just about the ground of being it's about holding their humanity, holding, holding the parts that are grieving, holding the parts that don't feel good enough that they, they can't, they don't feel that they can handle holding on their own. Otherwise they wouldn't be pushing it down. They wouldn't be kind of not, you know, blinding themselves or shoving it in the shadow boxes. They're actually, they'd be willing to pull it out. Um, so being present with people in a way that holds all of them, that's, that's true unity awakening to consciousness as consciousness, if that, that's a start and mm-hmm. there's a lot more, you know, you have a heart, you have a body, um, you have a uniqueness and what would it be like to awaken to all of that and move from all of that? Um, so coaching from all of that, coaching from the ground of being and your messy humanness that I, I want to be with. I want to I be with that part and I, I'm going to hold it from out here though. I'm going to know this. I'm going to see this, this vastness as I'm, I'm holding the rest of, of your humanity. And so they're, they're both here. They're both always here. It's just a matter of what are we attending to? What are we aware of? What are we paying attention to? um, In any given moment, in any given moment, can I, can I, am I experiencing infinity? Am I experiencing that aspect of myself that is boundless, absolutely boundless and not confined to this body at all? And can I be attuned also to this physical messiness? It's all, in, a, in a sense, it's all the same thing on one level. And they appear very like, okay, can they simultaneously exist? And so as one evolves, you know, I am just this body, there is no infinity to, oh, my God, I am just infinity. And then that kind of, there is no body. <laughs> And then there's kind of the dropping down, consciousness really kind of drops down into the system and inhabits where it feels like the simultaneous, like you can't even separate them. Like, of course, this body, this physical sense is here, while also this infinite nature is absolutely here. Like, it's Mm. undeniable.
0: Yeah, I just want to say, you know, because for people, we're talking about awakening and, um, you know, I, I think... Uh, people can get an idea of like, I've got to sit on a meditation cushion for like decades and decades and, or it's, it's for the special few, the Buddha, wow. Jesus. And I think um, we live in really exciting times, you know, and my experience is that there's so much kind of spiritual technology out there these days, you know, and you're talking about this model you guys have created and, wow. Um, I love that model because there's more and more ways that people can get specific, like this specificity around Mm -hmm. where are they at? What would be the right kind of practice Mm -hmm. for me right now? And, and that you can actually get traction very quickly, you know, that actually I want to say to people, yeah, if you start doing these injunctions, you can get traction quite quickly, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and that you, because you've got the right kind of tool for you at the moment, I think where people have gone wrong is that they've often sat with practices a long time that aren't quite the right practice for them right, right. You know, so I just want to put that out there because you know yeah. people might be like okay this this thing that they're talking about is for the you know the the chosen few you know but I, it's not for me it's not
2: no yeah. I have chills all over my body hearing you talk about this because it's so true it's it's accessible to everybody we are in a time where you don't have to leave your home and family and life and career and go sit on a mountaintop for. 50 years to discover who you are. You don't have to do that anymore. Nor do you have to sit on a cushion for the rest of your life. Everybody's practice, if you will, is different. Um, and everybody's stage of development is different. One of the reasons um, I was so drawn to map out this process is, is, I first of all, I've seen so many people go through it. And so I just started to see the patterns over and over and over of this, as did my colleague Ted, which is why we teamed up. And, um, we just realized like, wow, there are, you know, most people are either focused on just this consciousness awakening and they don't know where they are in the process. They, they start with one teacher and then they kind of either get stuck in that same teachings for 50 years or they wander and they're kind of like the, um, the buffet of teachers and they go to like 50 different teachers within like a year's period or whatever. And they're just trying people are just trying to find their way. They're trying to find what works for them. um, And so we wanted to create this model that helped people understand where they are in this process, not only in their awakening to consciousness, but in their uniqueness and emotional intelligence in uh, mind and thought and cognitive um, capacities, as well as the body. How embodied am I? How connected am I to this system? Or am I disembodied and in my mind and up and out? Um, And so we wanted to create a clear path. And I say clear path, it's fuzzy for everybody, no matter how you slice it, no matter how great of a model you develop, people are going to be kind of moving all over it in some way. But when you pull back and you look at it from a meta perspective, it's a really useful tool to help guide and guide people down a certain way. And they can find their own way within that way. But rather than kind of, um, you know, pulling out this teacher and reading this book and going to this retreat, you know, this gives a little bit more focus on, on what, what resources might be useful for that, that individual at that time. And for that domain of their being, most humans tend to lean into and um, focus on the domain that they're, that feels best to them, that they feel good at, that they, um, that is most um, at ease for them. And they completely neglect the one that It brings up shame, discomfort, not good enough, all that stuff. We tend to neglect that. So in the West, for example, um, we tend to neglect the heart. We tend to neglect emotions. um, And we overemphasize mind. And some people have gotten into consciousness. And so um, everybody's kind of results, if you will, um, as to where they fall in the model and what they're focusing in on is different. And so if you can really find out where you fall in this model, where you fall in your own developmental process, it can give you specific practices and you can find teachers and things like that that are appropriate for where you are in that level of development in that domain of your being. So Mm. that was kind of the desire, if you will, that was arising out of wanting to develop this model was to help give some kind of path for people to find the right resources at the right time and to have what we, what we call a whole being awakening. It's not just about a consciousness awakening. It's about your whole being. Um, because awakening is like a, a, I love to describe it as like a diamond. And, um, you know, each each facet is a little bit different. So consciousness awakening is like one facet of the diamond. A heart or emotion awakening is, is a different flavor, um, as is kind of a gut awakening or a body awakening. So, and a uniqueness awakening, you know, awakening out of partiality, awakening out of um, duality, out of um, division and into your uniqueness from a greater sense of who you are. Um, and that shows up very different in the world.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you about this. You know, you mentioned if coaches open their hearts and, and that can be incredibly powerful, what, um, could make you point to some of the signs of how that shows up for people? How, you know, how do people know when the hearts are opening and I guess that in a way, one of the answers is, well, you just know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, because you experience it from mm-hmm. the inside out. So yeah. Yeah. But, yeah.
2: I think one of the, I mean, you feel connected, you feel love, you feel openness. Um, I mean, if, even when the hearts open, you can still feel guilt, shame. I mean, that stuff can still come up, but it's coming from an open hearted space. Um, there's no separation between me and you. There's no, um, Yeah, it it really is a felt sense. It's hard to, it's hard to say. I mean, and the more in tune you are with your own heart kind of opening and closing, the more in tune you'll be with your client. And when the client's heart is starting to close, how can you sit with them in a way that opens them? Because an open system is where change can happen. If their heart is closed, you'll have a cognitive conversation with them and you can exchange thoughts. You can exchange ideas, which can sometimes be useful. the mind is useful. It's just a matter of if that's the only thing we have access to, then we're just limited in what we can do. When the heart awakens, there is an in-loveness with everything. There's an intimacy with everything. You are everything. There's a fullness. There's a connection beyond connection. It's not even like something... There's no longer you connecting with something else. There's just a, um, a, a felt sense of seamlessness. Um there's a flow total flow. When it comes to coaching, when the, when both hearts are open, there's just a, a natural ease to the flow. There's no glitches of thinking coming up in, you know, in a way that, um, contracts the system. I mean that can happen when the heart is wide open in both systems, there's a flow that takes place. Um, but with the heart awakening, it, it really is a, an in loveness with everything. It, um, an intimacy with everything, a felt sense of intimacy with everything. It's a, it's a knowing, but from a different, a different space than from a consciousness awakened, spacious knowing it's a different, different sense. And they're, they're, they're all, all here. It's just, sometimes we're more aware of one than another at certain times. It, it can all, all be felt at the same time as well. Um, and just as in coaching, you know, you don't just have to, meet somebody with the heart, you know, um, you can meet somebody with with the mind as well, like when both systems are kind of online, if you will, you know, you can you've got the heart of, of gold, the heart of love, and you have a sword of, of truth, you know, it's like, it, both are needed in coaching. Um, and some and heart sometimes leads in a way that facilitates and other times like the sword of truth is really what's needed. And they're both here, but one can sometimes be um le- lean in a little
0: more um. I, i'd love to ask you about that you know you keep speaking about what's it like when i'm with my client and i wondered if you could um let me see if i can formulate this question like mm-hmm. just kind of describe to us like what is it like when you're opposite your clients and you know you're in this kind of spaciousness or with open-heartedness and maybe there's a sense of attunement What? what like what's that like for you? And what are you like, what's guiding you or what are you looking for? You know, I don't know if you can yeah. answer that, but I'd love to know. Like, just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, how, like, like yeah. uh, the question, how do you know you're going in the right direction? Like, um,
2: so
0: maybe that comes from the mind. But, yeah.
2: Like, I don't know if I'm going in the right direction per se, but uh, um, when I'm uh. when my system is fully available, then I'm going in the right direction. I have no idea where it's going sometimes, but when my system is open and available, I have a sensation of heading in the right direction. Like I, that, that um, this interaction, whatever needs to come from this interaction will come of this interaction. And like I said, it's gone in a zillion different directions. Um, and so that's, that's kind of typically how I feel it to be. Um,
3: and, and you, what I'm yeah,
2: looking I, for, mm, I don't know if I'm looking for anything. What I see um, is I, I, I see, I see thoughts. Um, I see emotions arise sometimes before they're even aware of it. I, I hear and I feel uh, dualities, and where there's a duality, there's a stuck and a contraction that's inhibiting. Um, uh, inhibiting awareness in that moment of their fullness. And so I, I often ask a very direct question from love. That's the key, is the heart has to be open. If you ask a question about a duality that's direct when the heart is closed, the client will often get defended, they'll get pissed off, they'll feel hurt, they'll feel all these things. It's way different when it's coming from love. I can ask the most direct question straight into the heart of the most painful thing in their being in that moment. But if it's coming from spacious, open love, that's where the magic is. Mm. So the heart being opened is paramount to coaching. If you're especially coaching any coaching, but especially in coaching when one can see that the dualities and, and really pull them out and, and help the client look at them. They are not going to want to look at any sort of, I'm a failure. Yeah. Let's explore. I'm a failure when the heart's closed. Oof, Mm -hmm. no way. It's not safe. It's not Mm -hmm. okay. Um, And the processing needs to go through the whole system anyway. Um, So that's what I see when I'm sitting with a client is I, I tend to see, I see the thoughts that stick them and I see the dualities that are still in the system that are causing them to behave differently, think differently, act differently, lead their whole company in a way that um, is inhibiting, that um, is not as free and open. If I'm afraid of conflict um, because of whatever reason, can you imagine what it would be like as a CEO if you're afraid of conflict or if you're afraid of failure And can you imagine what that would be like if you're a CEO and you're running a company and you have no fear of failure that you're okay when failure shows up. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a very different way of being um, and leading an entire company. It will shift the whole system. It will shift the CEO. It'll shift the direct reports, their executive team, and it will shift culture. Um, And which is why I chose executive coaching is because of that, because I can see where you, the power of that one person and, and how it can affect an entire system when they, the clearer they are and the more awakened their system is and the more powerful they will be on this planet. Um, Mm. And that's, that's where my interest lies is to help people unravel these pieces of duality that they're identifying with or pushing away that um, cause contraction in a way that they're not then aware of their capacities or full potential. Yeah. If, if, if you're exper- if you're a coach, it doesn't mean you're not doing good work. If you haven't had this experience in coming from the ground of being or whatever, it's not that, that, you know, there's still good that can happen. It's just good to be aware that am like, as I sit down with this client or as I approach the world, am I coming with a sense of, I need to help you. There's something wrong with you. I need to fix you it's just something to be aware of. It's just something to notice and just to say, Oh, there, that is for me. Okay. I'm aware of that. Let me now be with them from, from a little bit, you know, um, with agenda-less space. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something, I mean, coach, we're all growing and evolving as well. So we're, the more aware we are of our own stuff, the more cleanly we can be with our clients. And so we're, as we talked about like the being and doing the doing evolving, human messy side is always growing, evolving, And there's stuff that comes up for us to kind of see and work with. So it's not like you have to be perfect in order to go coach somebody. Um, It's just the more aware you are of your own subjective experience and identification, um, the, the coaching sessions will, you know, shift accordingly.
0: Yeah. I've really enjoyed our time together today. It's flown by. Um, I feel like there's a million questions I could ask you. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you could just share with us a, bit, a little bit more about how we can, you know, find out about the, the cool work that you're up to. Um, yeah, I love, I love this model that you've created. Uh, where can we find out about what you're up to?
2: Yeah, so my website is drcarolgriggs.com. And um, that's where I just have kind of everything that I'm up to is on there. Um, so coaching and consulting, um, the eye conscious stuff. Um, I'm also part of a project called Loving AI. Um which we didn't touch into too much today, but maybe on another time we <laughs>
0: can yeah. <laughs>
2: um, and uh, there's a few other things on there. Um, but then the the model that you can find is at iConscious, like i like iPhone, iconscious.global. And there's a free tour of the model, an audio tour um, and a vi- actually visual tour. Um, there's a tour of the guided self-assessment. So if you want to take an assessment, um, to find out where you fall in your developmental path in each of these five domains, you can take an assessment for 15 bucks. Um, and it will give you a full results sheet. And, um, we are actually soon going to have the model will be interactive. So if you find out you're in consciousness chapter 10 and emotions chapter 10, 12 and then you'll be able to go in there and click on that box you know where it's where it meets and it'll open into all these resources to help you get to the next level so it'll have audios videos practices teachers retreats that are going on pitfalls challenges all the things that you're going to bump into at that stage of development in that domain of your being um, and so it'll be a, in a form we're going to have an interactive forum and people can add their own resources and people can thumb them up thumb them down and so the cream of the crop rises to the top so the best practices will be available for everybody um probably coming in January. Um, so all of that you can find on iConscious.Global.
0: Um. That, is, that is so important that just that, you know, like I, I get so excited. I mean, I'm a geek around this all stuff, around this stuff, but you know, aside from that, it's like I said earlier, it's so powerful when people mm-hmm. are able to, to do that and find best practices and yeah. appropriate practices. I, I wish you all the best with that. Thank you. I, I want to see it really thrive. So.
2: Thank you. The
0: well, next time we'll speak, we'll get Ted on as well and we can talk more together and that could be fun too. So.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. And a reminder that the early bird Enrollment is now open for our upcoming live training, The Power of Embodied Transformation. This program will teach you how to connect to the deep wisdom that lives in the body so you can create lasting change with your clients. Head to coachesrising.com forward slash power of embodied transformation to book your spot. And remember, you can get the early bird discount if you join by the 22nd of May. Hi, it's Joel here again. I hope you've been inspired by this topic. I'd love to get the word out about this podcast. So uh, if you feel like that's something you want to do, then um, you can head to coachesrising.com forward slash podcasts. You'll see all the other podcasts there, but on each individual page on the right hand side, there's a share bar there and you can just click on that and it's really easy to put in on social media. Or you could just simply tell other coaches about it. I'd really appreciate that and You know, we're gonna be adding new podcasts to this series every fortnight. So stay tuned. We'll be speaking to more pioneers and thought leaders in the field of impactful and effective coaching.